This segment is brought to you by Matt Bates for Movement Mortgage, NMLS number 844154. Movement Mortgage supports equal housing opportunity, NMLS number 39179, nmlsconsumeraccess.org. You're locked into the Despirito Team Real Estate Show with host and top realtor Emilio Despirito on News Radio 920 and 1047 FM. We're talking with industry leaders about real estate trends, money making tips, and advice on buying and selling the American dream. Now, here's Emilio Despirito. Hey, thanks for joining us. I'm Emilio Despirito, and you're locked into the Despirito Team Real Estate Show. This is your show all about buying, selling, investing. You know, anything you need to know about real estate, we're going to talk about here. We've been on some really, really awesome, um, awesome folks that that contribute. Uh, one of those folks being Matt Bates with Movement Mortgage. And I'm always excited to have Matt on the show, full of great information. This guy is a top dog. And I want you to know before we invite Matt on, rimortgageguy.com. Check it out. Matt, thanks for being with us here today, man. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad to be here again. Uh, another, it's been a great, great year so far. And, uh, uh, you know, obviously with our, our, our certain setbacks for certain people, but, uh, other than that, we're, you know, we're moving and grooving right now. Rates are really, really low. And, um, and, uh, again, glad to be back on the show. Awesome, man. So Matt, I know you wanted to, to, uh, talk about the topic of what is a mortgage point and how does it affect your loan? Points are not something that we frequently run into right now. Uh, you're talking about discount points, I would imagine, correct? Yeah, you got it. Yep, that's exactly what I wanted to bring up. I bring that up because I, uh, I actually just went into um, went in a competition with another lender on two different, uh, not the same lender on both loans, but two different loans with this topic as being the point, the point, uh, the, uh, the the greatest point, you know, pun intended. Uh, of of the of the transaction and and what I mean by that is that so mortgage points is is a conversation you have to have with your lender. Um, typically, on every loan, um, people ask, "Is this are there points? Is it a fixed rate? Is there a prepayment penalty?" These are the standard questions that uh, that uh, customers should be asking their clients, and a lot of clients ask me. And I take the the position where uh, when when I when I pre-approve somebody and I go over the closing cost, I don't include any points, um, standard closing costs, no prepayment penalties, and it's usually a 30-year fixed mortgage or 15-year or 20-year, depending on what's most comfortable for the client. And um, what is points? One point equals 1% of the loan amount. So for basic math is if you're, if you're applying for a $250,000 mortgage, one point equals $2,500. And what mortgage companies have the ability to do is they can add points to your closing costs. So one point, so they add $2,500 in closing costs to get you a better interest rate. Now, the average buyer, they're, they're the most attractive thing that, 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 that what they're looking for when they're looking to, to figure out what mortgage company they have is who has the best rate. Now, mortgage companies, it, they can advertise low rates, but they also include points. So it's a relationship between the interest rate and your closing costs. Yeah. And if you're getting a really low rate, that's really like low, like not w below the market, there's a good chance you're paying extra out of pocket to get that rate. And, and, and it shouldn't just be about the rate. It's about the marriage between the closing costs and the interest rate. And what do you get for that? Um, 
I, I, I'm a firm believer that points are not necessary in, in, in most nine, nine out of 10 times. Um, you know, the rates are so low right now uh, comparatively that there's no reason to spend more money out of pocket to get a rate. Uh, to, to get a lower rate than, than what's on the market right now. I mean, that's my opinion. Some other people might disagree with me and I would encourage that conversation with me because I, I'd love to, you know, hear your point of view about it if anybody wants to reach out to me. But um, with, with points, if you pay more out of pocket to get a lower rate and you save more money on interest, it's more of a long, long game uh, strategy. Because if you ever have planned to sell the property, pay the loan off, or refinance within a certain time period, you'll never start to recoup the savings because there's a break-even point from when you start to recoup your your uh, your the money that you paid to get the lower rate. So let's, for instance, you know, someone pays one point twenty five hundred dollar towards towards their closing costs to get a better rate, and they save a hundred dollars a month versus taking the higher rate with no no points that's going to take you 25 months to break even before you start to save a hundred bucks a month after that. And, and, and if you plan on, if you don't have, if, if you, there's any reason to refinance or you maybe sell your house or you pay off your mortgage within that time period, you'll never live out the term long enough to be able to save the hundred bucks for it to make sense. So keep your cold closing costs low and try to get the lowest rate with standard closing costs is my, is my uh, opinion. Um, you know, in this situation. Um, it's really what I like to, you know, advise my clients on doing. Um, there's a, there's a next level to it, um, it where you can identify how much you're paying in closing costs versus the rate that you're getting. And it's through what they call the APR. So some, some mortgage company, like if someone has a 2.5%, but a, 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 a but, um, a 3% APR, and then the next company mortgage company is offering you 2.5, but their APR is 2.6, you know, you're getting 2.5 for a lower closing cost than the other mortgage company that's charging your APR at 3%. And that's where you can utilize your APR to see who's giving you the best deal for the rate. Oh, wow. So, I mean, needless to say, even as a real estate agent, somebody who owns properties, you know, all of this, we, we don't always know all of this. And it, that's why we always direct our clients and potential buyers and whatnot to speak with you. So, you know, keep in mind, you're probably going to have some questions. For that. There's no such thing as a dumb question. You know, when you're borrowing a quarter million to a half million to a million, plus, whatever it is, you know, it's a lot of money. And uh, Matt is able to guide you through it. Uh, appreciate that information. And you can go to rimortgageguy.com to get any additional information and to talk with Matt as well. He's So Matt, one of the things you do too is uh, as a loan originator with Movement Mortgage, I know you look at people's like financials, you look at all their, their credit score, everything, you put them in the best, lowest cost product for them. But what I really like about what I've seen is you look at their long term, like what's going to be best for them? Are they, are they looking to move in, you know, three years or five years or 10 years? So you're going to have that discussion with them. If you're going to, if it makes sense for them to, to, to pay points to get a lower rate, or they're going to get a return on investment, you're going to coach them through that, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's the short-term goal, which is how do I buy this house yeah. and how do I not, you know, go broke buying it? That's the short-term goal. And yeah. then there's the long-term goal is how do I make myself better 
once I get into this house, because you can always make improvements. You can cut terms. You can lower your interest rate. You can get rid of PMI. There's not, there's very often a big reason to refinance within, you know, a certain time period after you close on your house. So if, if a refinance in the near future is part of the conversation, which is part of that long game, Versus the short game, which is just how do you buy the house? You know, it, 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 you have to have a full picture in order to really prepare yourself for success as a, as a homeowner. Um, you know, and, and, and understanding the long game can help you uh, figure out what the best product is. And for people that don't take the time to learn that or speak with somebody that's going to educate them about that, they can get taken advantage of. You know, unfortunately, that's, that's, that, that happens sometimes. Or maybe they, you know, hindsight 2020 after they close, they're like, oh, maybe I should have done that instead yeah. of this. And, um, and, and, you know, some, hopefully it's not too late at that point, but I really try to make sure that, you know, they're getting a full picture of what they got going on and take more of the advisor role versus the salesman role. Cause it's not about the, you know, it's not about the short sale. It's about, you know, having somebody you can rely on for, for, for the, the life of the loan, you know? Yeah, that's it. And, and, you know, the other thing too, is we're only working with people that have the same mindset as us, Matt. And that's, that's you, you, like you said, you're an advisor, right? Our real estate agents are actually labeled advisors. And that's simply because we're not, we're not always going in there to sell a client's home. Sometimes our clients will call us after they purchase a home and say, hey, how should I fix up my kitchen? How should I do this? How should I do that for the best return on investment? Because in three years, I might decide to sell it. Well, perfect. Like we provide all of that information at no cost to our clients and we're there for them for their entire life. You know, and I know that's something that that you do as well in the mortgage end, the financial end, you know, and uh, coming the end of year, this is a whole different topic, but coming the end of year, if you are self-employed and you are looking to purchase in 2021, you need to get a hold of a mortgage originator uh, or your bank or whoever very soon. If you want to reach out to Matt, he can help you, uh, you know, work your finances, work your taxes and all of that and, and guide you and how you can, um, you know, make sure to be able to purchase the property that you want rimortgageguide.com. Again, rimortgageguide.com. Matt, thanks for the great information. Uh, hope you enjoy yourself. I know you're down in Florida, so you enjoy yourself. Thanks for taking your time. See you. Absolutely. Yeah, next week, hopefully uh, I'll see you. I'll see you when, when I get back, obviously. And uh, other than that, everybody uh, have, a, have, a, have a good week. And of course, any questions at all, any discussions you want to have, I'm open to them. I'd love to hear from everybody. So feel free to reach out. Heck yeah. All right, everybody. Matt Bates with Movement Mortgage. We'd like to uh, stay. Hey, you know what? Stay tuned. We've got Ted Tapuzis with Tapuzis and Associates. He's going to be jumping on the call, giving us some great legal advice. Uh, you absolutely need legal advice when you're doing something as big as real estate. This is the Spirito Team Real Estate Show on News Radio 92047 FM and streaming on WHJJ. Now back to the Despirito Team Real Estate Show on News Radio 920 and 1047 FM. Also available as a podcast on iHeartRadio. All right. Thanks for joining us. Maybe you've stayed tuned since the last segment. Uh, but uh, if not, this is the Despirito Team Real Estate Show. We're talking about real estate, the ins, the outs from start to finish. People that aren't even thinking about selling or buying, just how to treat their home, what to do different professionals to call 
covering it all here on the Dispirito Team Real Estate Show. So make sure to like us on facebook.com backslash Dispirito Team. You can see all this content. So on the show right now, we've got Ted Tapuzis, who is a real estate attorney in Rhode Island, Massachusetts, and Florida. Offices in Rhode Island. Good morning, Emilio. Nice to see you. Always, always a pleasure to see you. Thank you so much. Uh, thanks for being a great resource thanks for, for us. Me, yeah, thanks for having me on the show. Absolutely. Now, Ted, uh, one of the one of the biggest problems that we have that no one talks about until it happens. So we want to guide people. Right, right, is the final walkthrough. And you know, I've got some questions for you from a legal perspective, from the buyer standpoint as well as the seller standpoint. Sound mm-hmm. good? Yeah. Yeah, great. Awesome. So now, Ted, I know one of one of the biggest things, and we were talking about it before the show started, is buyers will go into the final walkthrough. This is the final walkthrough before the closing, usually do it the morning of closing or the night before. And this is the time buyers will go in to make sure that the property is as what it was supposed to be. Like no extra holes in the wall, no missing heating system. The appliances are there, not switched out. The seller took all their stuff out. But, you know, you brought up a good point. And you said that buyers are using this as an extra inspection time. Can you explain what you meant by that? Yeah, yeah, I can. I mean, you know, the, the contract provides for an inspection period that has to be done within a certain number of days after the contract is executed, the purchase, the purchase and sales agreement that is. And so, you know, it's during, during that time that the inspection inspector comes and evaluates what is and isn't, you know, in, you know, I guess compliance or satisfactory to them, um, you know, for, with this property, but, you know, the walkthrough that's done at, you know, assuming, well, let me take a step back, assuming that, um, you know, there are some things that need to be addressed and those things need to be addressed, um, you know, during the time that we're pending the, in the, the agreement, the seller you know, supposedly commits to the repair. Okay. Yep. Whatever the repair may be, um, or they don't commit and they say, no, we'll let you go. You know, we'll, we'll give you your money back. We'll move on to another, another, um, a buyer, but assuming that they say no, we'll we'll agree, um, you know, to make those repairs. Um, you know, the p- repairs are made, um, and then the inspection that's done immediately before the closing, exactly like you said, is meant to just make sure that the property is being conveyed, you know, free and clear of it, the personal belongings, um, and maybe also, you know, with uh, you know some evaluation of whether or not the, the requested repairs have been made. Um, but it's not meant and this is really important, not meant to like rehash everything like uh, that they haven't picked up in an initial inspection of the property. Yeah. And we see that happen. You know, I know, Amelia, you're, you're agreeing with me because you, you see this. Um, oh, yeah. and, and it happens on both sides. I mean, you represent the buyer, you represent the seller. You know, you have to look at this and say, you know, what's reasonable, what's not. And, and uh, I mean, certainly if something is outside has, has you know, like there's a, there's, a, there's a crack in the wall that wasn't noticed or there's, there's, uh, you know, significant things that weren't picked up, um, you know, maybe a scratch on the floor when they moved out. Okay, those Boy, are things, that's, that's what you should pick up, yeah. but, but, but not something like a mechanical thing that wasn't picked up in the initial inspection. Now it's raised um, at, the, uh, at the closing. It's not fair. It's not fair to either, any, anyone. Um, yeah. You know, if you didn't like it, I mean, if you liked it the way you saw it or the inspector didn't raise it at the time that, that, um, uh, that the inspections were done, 
Um, you know, it's not a time to rehash all that. Well, you have no contingency in place to keep you to save your deposit. At that point, if you know, if you're picking on stuff, it could be anything. All oh, the window doesn't close correctly. Well, that was disclosed to you, and or it's something your inspector missed. You know, if you want to take that up with someone, take it up with your inspector. You don't take that up with the seller at that point in time, unfortunately, because you've had adequate time to go through the property with a professional inspector, with your realtor, with you know yourself and whoever else was in your party to check all of these items mm -hmm. so don't come at the seller at that time and again if you pull out of that contract correct me if i'm wrong you have no recourse to save your deposit i i agree with you 100 percent. that's well said i mean you you really if, if you're raising things that you should have raised before um and you're raising them now at the walkthrough then uh, unless unless they fall within line of um uh, the condition of the property um, during the uh, um, during the walkthrough, like something, but it, you know, like uh, uh, um, uh, uh, you know, a um, uh, you know, uh, something that happened during the uh, the yeah. uh, move out. Okay, Murphy, Murphy's law type of stuff. It could happen. You know, it yeah. definitely happens. Let's put the it that heating way. system dies. Like, oh well, we were buying this house with a working heating system. The, the septic system's overflowing. The the toilets backed up. Those are all things that are different different scenario. Now, Ted, it, when something like that happens, what do you typically do? Well, I mean, if what I what I would typically do in that situation, and and I know that uh, you know there's it's a gray area with the lender, you know. Uh, but what I would typically do is, is try to get, um, you know, uh, the, the other side to uh, acknowledge that there's something there that wasn't there at the time of the, the inspection. Seller? The sellers, you mean? The seller or the buyer. This yep. depends on, on who's, you know, I mean, I guess it would be the seller in this case if, if I yeah. represent the buyer. Um, I'd get the seller's side to acknowledge that, hey, yeah, there's, there's uh, definitely something that this is not normal, like... Um, uh, um, wear and tear. This yeah. is exceeding wear and tear, and that's 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 really like the, the uh, dividing line. I mean, you know, that's the guide, your your moral compass. You know, if you can, if you see that that is beyond the normal wear and tear uh, item, and you know something is, you know, the toilets backing up, you know, or the the septic system you're having a, you're having an issue with now that you you, you see it's evident. Okay, um, then you you try to get um, the the seller side to uh, to either uh, commit to an, uh, an escrow holdback, okay. um, you know, which uh, would be done uh, from their proceeds. Uh, you know, typically you, you, you set it up so that, you know, there's an agreement that is, that is worked up between the parties where um, there's sufficient monies ca uh, set aside um, and, uh, and time to make the necessary repair if there is one. Um, you know, and, and, and I would recommend if I represent the buyer uh, to go in, in these circumstances, of course, uh, to go um, and get uh, a couple bids, you know, and maybe you want your um, contractor to uh, to give you that bid and to make, potentially make those repairs if they're if they're deemed necessary, uh, as opposed to letting the seller's side make those repairs. Remember, you're moving forward with the purchase, okay, and and you have money cast aside here for uh, the repair, um, you know, and you try to also compensate for not just um, a dollar for dollar set aside, but also maybe a little extra, like a, like a, uh, you know, an overrun if, if there is a possibility. Now, so, um, Oh, go ahead. Yeah, no, go ahead. 
Well, I was going to say now, now, Ted, like our listeners are probably saying, well, hold on. That's the final walkthrough. Probably moments before going into the closing, right? So how how are we expected to get bids? And I can tell you, that's where the yeah. rock star realtors, the really great realtors are going to pick up the phone, call their network, say, hey, listen, you know, please let me know. This is the scenario, this and that. Send us over something. And what happens is we can either A, delay the closing. No one wants to do that. We can either A, delay the closing, or we can B, we can get all those those quotes and then a law firm, right? We'll go ahead and hold 150% of the, ec- the, the escrow. So if it costs 10,000, they'll hold 15,000 from the seller's proceeds. You know, so it, it, every situation is completely different. There might be some sellers without a lot of equity. We're not really seeing yep. right now. Yep. So the whole, at that point, you might have to extend the closing date yep. um, or the transaction could even fall apart. There's, you know, so... Um, it's amazing how often we have to be the glue to bind the agreement together. And at that point in time, then there's different concessions that can be made. But again, that's a, that's, it's a lengthy topic. And I would suggest anybody that needs that information needs to contact your local real estate attorney or locally here in Rhode Island, Massachusetts, or Florida, you can contact Tapuzis and Associates. And that's Thank you. Shoot. Wait, um, what's, hold on. I'll just say, hey, what's your phone number? Okay, sorry. I thought I knew it. All right, um, fi- it's, what is it? 533 Oh, okay, all right, all right. Good job, good job. It's not something that you, uh, you probably do, you know, you have me in programmed in. Um, so uh, it's not something that you do off the top of your head every time. I'll, I'll say that and then we, uh, and then, and then we're, we're good. Hold on one second. All right, four, three, two. Five three three nine eight eight eight. Awesome. So Ted, how can uh, how can they reach you if they have any questions? Yeah, sure. Um, it's uh, my phone number is four zero one five three three nine eight eight eight. Perfect. And if you're brave, you can type in Tapuzis and Associates in Google, and it usually finds Ted's office. Beautiful. Good luck with that. My, yeah, yeah, my yeah. My wife had difficulty with that for years, for twenty years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's I just remember getting it now. <laughs> awesome stuff. Thank you so much. Again, Ted Tapuzis with Tapuzis and Associates, real estate attorney, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, and Florida. Thanks again, Ted. Appreciate right. you. Thanks, Amelia. Good to see you. You too. All right. Awesome. Stay tuned. We have book author Michael Morris coming on the show. He's the author of Let There Be Light. It's a, a very great small business uh, book, and he goes through the trials and tribulations of opening a business during the last recession. Uh, absolutely amazing guy. Great um, book as well. I strongly suggest it coming on soon. Stay tuned. We'll be right back in a few moments. Now back to the Despirito Team Real Estate Show on News Radio 920 and 1047 FM. Also available as a podcast on iHeartRadio. All righty. What's up, everybody? Thanks for joining our show again today. We've had an awesome show so far, as always, right? And this is uh, the Despirito Team Real Estate Show. So what I love most about being a real estate agent here at Island Mass in Connecticut is the massive network that I've been able to build. And along the way, 
build. And along the way, as a small business owner, I get to meet some of the most interesting people out there, right? As an avid reader and somebody that always loves to learn and help my listeners and help my team and help people that aspire for greatness and to, to achieve the American dream of owning and running a business and all these other things in a home, we like to bring on the experts. So we have a fantastic guest. He's, he's from Rhode Island. His name is Michael Morris. He just wrote a fantastic book and his book is Let There Be Light. It's about opening a business in a difficult environment. Okay. And this is absolutely awesome. I suggest you pick it up. Uh, Michael, what's up, man? Welcome to the show. Hey, Emilio, thanks for having me on. Uh, you're very welcome. Great having you here. So, you know, your book, right, I, I started reading it. It was absolutely awesome. I can connect with the struggles that you went through to open up. You had, a, I believe, a tanning salon, and you, you opened it up right before the last economic downturn hit, right? And, and you went through all of these struggles on top of all of the bureaucracy and red tape here in Rhode Island and, 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 and health concerns and all these other things, Michael. Um, you know, so what can people expect if you open a business when you have no, no business opening a business? I love that. And that's a tongue twister. <laughs> it was a tongue twister and the experience was kind of a twist as well. My wife and I never owned a business. Um, we did have a cleaning service that my wife did when I met her in a restaurant. I was a bartender. She was a waitress. It's a great story. Yeah. Um, she was also cleaning houses on the side, but we never really incorporated or had employees or anything. When the opportunity to open up a salon came our way, which actually didn't come our way, that's not accurate. We, um, my wife used this tanning salon um, and she, when it was going out of business, we decided to take it over thinking how hard could that be? Yeah. As uh, things progressed, it was a little more difficult. We used all the equity in our house, which was going to be just a little bit of equity. Turned out to be all of it. We wanted to make it as good as we possibly could. Once we started going with the process of getting the business started, we realized just how complicated and how competitive and difficult the business world actually is. You don't just raise the flag and hope people salute. You've got to really put heart and soul into it. And we did. And we wanted it to be as good if not better than um, some chain salons or even like, I kind of correlated it to Home Depot or one of those places where every time you go, the glass is clean, the employees are dressed in uniform. Um, they're open on time, they're not 10 minutes late. They're not, they don't close early, you can depend on them. So we took all of those little lessons that I had learned over the years and we tried to put it into our tiny little business and it really worked. Oh, that's fantastic. So like most business owners, you talk about the trials and tribulations and getting beat up by everything from, you know, taxes to business regulations to, you know, public uh, opinion and health concerns, uh, marketing. I mean, there's, you, we have to wear so many hats as small business people. So who would you recommend that this book would be best suited for? The book was written as more of a relationship business slash love story type of a thing. Okay. Um, my wife, it was kind of great. I, this is the, that was the sixth or fifth book I had written. Um, and I had been writing fire department books and the firefighters love them, EMTs, paramedics. They love that stuff. Nurses, hospital people, and the general public likes them too, but they don't really know about them. I thought this book would appeal to a, the business owners. Yep. 
the bankers and the, the, the dozens of types of industries that are involved in operating a small business. But I also try to give it some general appeal. Just anybody off the street happens to see it and starts reading the book, they're going to get hooked just because it's a struggle of success or failure. And in between that, the relationship dynamic and the husband and wife, it becomes your life. We became totally enveloped by the, the business and, and our customers became friends. And I think everybody's going to love this book. I, I really hope so. Yeah. Okay. Great. So, and, and, you know, so many people nowadays with the internet um, and being stuck at home, uh, maybe even unemployed are looking for things to do and they're looking. So I would say, and they're looking to expand their knowledge. People are all over Google. That's why I'm so happy to be able to give them this type of content and teach them and educate them about books like yours, because they're game changers. I mean, when you open up a book like yours without any business or even with business experience, you're gonna, you are gonna get so much out of it. You're gonna get nuggets of information here that could be absolute game changers for you. Um, and if nothing else, it's absolutely fantastic to be able to relate to somebody because in the business world, it can get lonely when you're working 15, 16, 20 hour days going through the struggles of running and owning a business. So I got to tell you, I, I really, I, I cracked a smile quite a few times when I was reading your book and I could relate to it. Uh, where, let me ask you something. What was your major inspiration uh, to write your book, Let There Be Light? It's all about opening business in a difficult environment. Act, I hate to admit this because it's kind of shallow of me, but I was very um, angry. <laughs> I think anger was the motivation, motivational factor. And that's not really part of my personality at all. But as, as the, the day we opened, the World Health Organization declared tanning beds a level one carcinogen. Um, that didn't help my business <laughs> whatsoever. My wife and I had done a ton of research on vitamin D, which is a big hot topic now because of the COVID. Vitamin D deficiency is rampant in the United States because of lack of sunlight. We're all inside, especially with this COVID thing now. People's vitamin D levels are tanking and it's not helping them fight this, this, uh, this virus. So I was really angry. The World Health Organization, the dermatologists, the medical community, tanning salons were demonized and in a lot of ways, rightfully so, because a lot of them are kind of, or were, they're not really that many around anymore because of the demonization. But um, it, it, it was just attacked. The industry was being attacked and they were, we weren't getting a voice. It was kind of a one-sided news story. The sun is bad, tanning salon owners are bad, your skin is going to be covered and riddled with cancer, or you're going to look like the tan mom from uh, oh, some of those beach shows that used to be on back in the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and so tough, again, dealing with the, the public opinion and unfortunately negative media, it doesn't help at all. So I, I understand that if anything, I don't think that's shallow. I think that's great. Anything that motivates people to do great things and to help people, I think is a fantastic thing. That's awesome. Now, where can they pick up your book? The book right now is on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, indie booksellers. It's in some bookstores. I think I don't think it's really stocked on nationwide on the shelves. The book business is in a, a bit of a flux right now. Your big authors are selling 90% of the books and the rest of us, millions of authors, are selling 10%. So it's a struggle. We say uh, selling books is like pushing water uphill. It's kind of, it's a challenge. You're your own, again, about a small business. An author is a marketer an author, an editor, a, uh, geez, everything. We do it all. I even, this is a, a major book company too. It's not as if 
it was a self-published book, but it's pretty much up to us to have a platform and to create a buzz. And it, it's been a challenge. It's kind of fun, actually, but it's definitely a challenge. You can get it on Amazon and barnesandnoble.com, though. It's readily available. Okay, awesome. And the title is Let There Be Light. It's about opening a business in a difficult environment by Michael Morse uh, right here in Rhode Island. Were you born here in Rhode Island, Michael? I was born, I am a typical Rhode Islander. I was born at Kent County Hospital. I've owned five houses in Rhode Island, all within a two mile radius. Yeah, so you never, you never really left. No, I travel now and then, but I like to stay here. I love it here. I, I see no reason to leave, honestly. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you there. That's awesome. So uh, great. We Hey, you know what? One quick last question, right? What is your favorite part of the book? It could be a sentence. It could be a paragraph. You sum that up in like, you know, 30 seconds. What your favorite part of the book is something that really stuck with you, inspired you, or, or you feel is going to inspire someone else. The tagline that I use, um, opening a business for people with no business opening a business. I love it. I went into a couple of uh, chapters about just how through um, optimism and hope and just really thinking by doing things right, you could be successful. Yeah. I love that part of the book just because it's really hopeful. We, we, we um, encountered a number of obstacles and somehow or other, we kept our relationship vibrant and we kept our business afloat. We stayed open for six years. We did end up selling it, but um, it's still open now as another uh, beauty salon, actually, that offers tanning and it's still thriving. And I, I take a lot of pride in the fact that we created something that employed a lot of people, paid a lot of taxes yeah. and uh, still goes right now. And I still run into people out in the community that say, hey, you're the tanning guy. Yeah. <laughs> That's absolutely fantastic. Now you are a book author and, uh, and a very good one at that. Awesome. So pick up his book, Let There Be Light. It's about opening a business in a difficult environment. His name is Michael Morse, local Rhode Island guy, local Rhode Island business author. I love this and uh, appreciate you being on the show, Michael. Really do. Oh, my pleasure. Awesome. Good stuff. Hey, stay tuned. We're going to be right back here on the Despirito Team Real Estate Show. We've got Jennifer Jaber with riblogger.com talking about the top five events happening here in Rhode Island. We'll be right back here on News Radio 920, 1047 FM and streaming on WHJJ iHeartRadio. Now back to the Despirito Team Real Estate Show on News Radio 920 and 1047 FM. Also available as a podcast on iHeartRadio. This is Emilio Despirito, and this is the Despirito Team Real Estate Show. We've got uh, Jennifer Jaber the founder, the creator, the owner of riblogger.com. This is your website for all events local here in Rhode Island. It's a wonderful business directory as well. And there's plenty of opportunity if you are a local business person to advertise on that website and to reach a fantastic audience. riblogger.com, check it out. It's free uh, to promote your events as well and to check and see what's happening around the state. Also, a lot of COVID-friendly stuff in there. But Jen, I'll let you take it away from here. Jen always goes over the top five events here. It's all yours, Jen. Thanks. Well, I have some holiday-themed events just because I feel like we could 
use a little extra merriment this year. So again, I'm talking holiday themes, but I'm, these are all obviously practicing safe guidelines so you can feel comfortable with all of these. Uh, Blackstone River Christmas Time Marketplace is taking place now nightly until December 20th. Um, it's 4 to 9 p.m. It's in Central Falls at 20 Madeira Ave. It's a holiday outdoor marketplace that features festive fun, local foods, craft vendors, um, the ice rinks there, and there's outside fireplace and a nightly tree lighting. So every single night, like a, you know, a new tree lighting. So if you've missed a tree lighting this year, you have one you love to go to, you can plan your week around this one. Uh, this is a virtual, um, a virtual experience. So you can slay it with Santa at Providence Place until December 24th. It's a virtual reality experience that captures the holiday spirit that takes place from 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. Um, and you're just gonna have a virtual experience in a uh, holiday festive kind of way. Um, the candlelight weekend shopping. I like. I have a real love for Chapachet. <laughs> and it's just like when you go there, it just feels like it's holiday even when it's not because it's just so historic. Yep. So they're having the candlelight weekend shopping uh, 2020 and it's around all around historic Tapachet village. Um, there'll be historic hospitality. Everything will be decorated. There'll be extended hours and different stores will have different specials. Love so that's that. happening the weekends throughout um, until uh, I think December 24th. So you'll be able to go there and, and just uh, bob around. They'll have antique street lights and just great decorations. So that's a fun weekend thing to do. Very quaint town, very cute over there. We have a lot of those here in Rhode Island. Yeah, we do. And sometimes we, I just like to get a cup of coffee and just pick a random town and walk around. Let me ask you something off the cuff, Jennifer, right? We have all these small towns, all these main streets and whatnot. You know, Rhode Island was a manufacturing hub and it was like one of like the first real big like kind of developments here in the United States, right? So being in the Northeast. So what is your favorite main street out of all 30? Oh so I don't, I don't know if I can answer it because I have this idea that I, I want to do a blog, just main street blog, focused on all the main streets because there's different, like uh, I like the Bristol Warren area. Yes. I love yeah. So, but then, but then I like, I love East Greenwich Main Street because I love the restaurants there. So I can't really, and I even like, like I love Wakefield Main Street. I love, I don't know. They all have something different that I go to for a different reason. And so, I don't know. I think I need to focus on a Main Street lot. You know what, you know what Main Street used to be absolutely gorgeous and really like, unfortunately is completely run down except for one beacon of hope over there and the, the beacon of hope is called stadium theater and that's oh, when, yeah one socket has one of the most beautiful main streets possible like it's gorgeous it's absolute and, and it, it was one of the wealthiest towns in the world back in the day and it's just i gotta i gotta say man they gotta do a better job of cleaning up the stadium theater along with maybe a couple of other restaurants and places are really struggling right now with COVID and everything. And they've been the past several years to bring people in to, well, they stadium theater's killing it. River Falls is killing it. Like those restaurants are doing great, but I'm, and, and Ciro's awesome place, but these businesses need help and they need more businesses to open up and we need to do a better job of, of, of revitalizing one socket main street. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, 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 it would be interesting to get um, feedback from listeners and visitors' website too, like what their favorite Main Street is and why. Yeah, go to go to go to Facebook.com backslash Despirito team, 
and you can go ahead and, and uh, inbox us or let us know or comment on, on this video that you'll see there. Or you can also go to riblogger.com and contact Jennifer and, and let her know. So I didn't mean to interrupt you, you, you know, but this is such a cool conversation. And when you do that blog, I would, I would be more than happy to pay for production and go out with Taylor um, Casiola with Namra Consulting and literally videotape every single one of those and talk with you about each Main Street. Yeah, we should do that. That sounds amazing. It's always been in my mind just because I, I like I love the Main Street. So let's do it. And we forgot one big, big one. Big, big one. Thames Street in Newport. Oh, yes. Yes. Right? I love Thames Gotta go yeah. to the Bodhi Spa while you're there. That the water journey is like my new favorite thing in the world. Uh, love it. Go. All right. So go ahead. What else? How? What else you got? About okay. It? So the candlelight shopping. That's what got us here. So Saturday, December nineteenth. Um, you can have an unforgettable, an unforgettable experience for at Hope, Hope Street and uh, State Street in Bristol, um, where they're gonna recreate like a North Pole experience. Um, you'll be able to uh, peek in Santa's workshop. Everything will be all lit up, and there'll be um, plenty of festive fun happening. So again, Bristol area, Hope Street and State Street, you'll, you'll be turned into the North Pole. So if you're missing like Polar Express, Express type experience or anything like that, you can go there. And um, last but not least, you can celebrate the holidays at the Newport Mansions um, with daily tours of the Breakers and the Elms. And they, I think we talked about before, they were doing a ton of outside decorations, but they still have their interior decorated as well. And um, they have the poinsettia tree that I think it's 15 feet poinsettia tree. They'll have all the tables um, decorated in period china and silverware. So um, you'll be able to go inside. And if you're not so comfortable with the inside, you can go outside and check out the children's cottage, Santa's workshop, and all the lit up trails and paths. Fantastic. Jennifer, my favorite Rhode Island's local blogger, my favorite blogger, absolutely all together. Jennifer Jaber with riblogger.com. Check it out, riblogger.com for the best events happening here in Rhode Island and to uh, advertise your business or uh, just check out the business directory as well. Good stuff. Thank you, Jennifer. You enjoy. Thanks. Have a great week. You too. Awesome. So I'd like to thank again, uh, Jennifer Jaber, of course, Matt Bates with Movement Mortgage, as well as Michael Morse, uh, book author, Let There Be Light. That's a great book about business and, and the struggles that we go through as business owners. Uh, and also Ted Tapuzis with Tapuzis and Associates, our producer, Jack. Jack, you're the man, buddy. Appreciate you. Bill George, our station manager, and uh, all of our listeners for keeping the show alive and well for, I believe, almost six years. God bless you. Stay safe out there. And if I can be of any help to you, drop me a call. Drop me a line. I'm happy to connect you with anybody on my LinkedIn or if you want to just uh, chat about real estate or business or you have ideas for a local segment, 401 359 2338. Again, 401-359-2338. That is my personal cell phone number, folks. Give me a shout, Emilio Desperado with the Desperado team. I'll catch you all next week. God bless you. Thank you so much.